0: The Gran School of Business and Management at Pepperdine University proudly presents the Dean's Executive Leadership Series. This podcast invites top business practitioners and thought leaders to share their view on the real world of business.
1: Thank you so much, John. That was uh very insightful on many levels in terms of your leadership experience and how you develop the philosophy that you have as well as what's going on with Western Digital. And you'd be very proud of my family. We just got back from a trip from Egypt about a week ago, and I think we took like 500 pictures and right. video and, you know, we did, your, we did you right by uh, all the space we're going to have to use to save that on. So. I, I
0: have 55,000 children, thank you. <laughs>
1: You know, it was interesting as I was listening to you talk, uh, and I've noticed this about Arif as well. You both have engineering backgrounds, and when you started talking about the, how the drives have developed over time and how much you've evolved that and the size and all that, it's like you light up and you get all excited talking about it, and Arif is the same way when he starts talking about the technical side and the engineering side, because that's what your background was and how you started in the company, and you can tell you still have a great passion for that. And so it's a very engineering-driven company with CEOs that have come out of the engineering side. Yet you use words like collaborative, transparent, communication. And I don't think we always think about an engineering-driven company having that kind of a culture. So what is it about Western Digital through the years where you've been able to sort of meld, create a culture like that, yet in a company that's sort of very technical and engineering driven with many people that probably didn't sort of come out of training that was collaborative and communication oriented uh, because clearly i see that in both of you as ceos and it certainly drives the company in so many ways
0: i think what's most responsible for that is is that the company you know the company's been through several cycles we started out in the seventies as a semiconductor design and fabrication company uh, evolved through the first 10 years focusing that on storage markets. We then had to transition to a subsystem company, so the 80s were spent putting those devices onto complete solution circuit boards that were sold to our customers. So a big evolution in the skill sets and the requirements. And then again, partly because of our own technology, we basically developed solutions that allowed those interface boards to to disappear and become embedded in the hard drive. And so we then made a decision, we had to become a hard drive company and we went out and bought a hard drive company and all of the existing folks needed to be retooled one more time to think about new technologies and a new market. Albeit the customer focus I mentioned, when we transitioned from a subsystem to a hard drive company, it was so that we could continue to serve the same customer base with a full solution. The alternative was to develop a whole new set of customers, which we didn't like. But during those processes, not each of those transitions was easy uh, and financially rewarding in the short term. So we went through several cycles of near disaster. And that tended to bring the teams very close together in a common uh, look at adversity very close in the face. Um, and I think that that hardening by fire of the, the teams you know, made us understand that a lot of posturing and politics and functional silos just don't get the job done. You can survive with those structures in in the good times. Mm-hmm you won 't maximize your opportunity, but things will muddle along when you get into the into the tough times. People have to pull together to pull it through and I think we've we 've cycled through that a couple of times in the company in its history, and that has become deeply embedded in the psyche of of the people and I think it's it 's uh, one of the critical factors that helps us to foster this openness and and the collaborative focus on, you know, we all work for WD. We don't work for WD Design or WD Operations or WD Sales. We work for WD. And, and of course, Arif was very strong in reinforcing that message. I'm very strong in reinforcing that message because we've seen close up over the 30 years we worked for the company just how effective uh, that boundaryless kind of operation really is.
1: And so, as the company grew pretty dramatically over not too long of a period of time, and and grew globally as well, were there any particular things you did uh, as as you added more and more employees and as you added operations around the world to maintain that culture fairly consistently in different cultures around the world with people that come out of different backgrounds? Because you don't use a lot of expats, as Mm -hmm. you said how have you maintained that culture or spread that culture globally as the company's grown?
0: Some is in the the embedding of the value set I mentioned, the Pappy values thing, you'll go anywhere in the company you'll find um, not just one-month posters but you'll find, you know, posters, publications, um, videos, monthly magazines that all reflect that fundamental value set, and repeat. Um, I do a quarterly visit to all of the facilities, uh, which I use in order to pump up morale, but also take the pulse and and spread the message. Uh, I do quarterly video conferences with all of the employees worldwide uh, when we report our results each quarter, and so those kinds of things that that. Then I think the other thing that we do is we have a very strong system of collaborative, you know, meeting, routine meetings between US, Europe, and Asia uh, on multiple levels sales, marketing meetings, uh, engineering to factory. That are, there's a set routine of daily, weekly, monthly meetings that involve people from all over the company in specific uh, review and action uh, activities on a very formal basis and I think that's all the glue that ties the process together and I think the the other thing we we have is that our compensation structure is heavily weighted towards um, pay for performance Mm -hmm. right throughout the company from from top to bottom and the the pool that creates that performance pay opportunity, is a corporate level earning. It's driven off of the profitability of the company. And then it gets distributed down and uh, the pool is then distributed at the individual level based on individual performance against goals. But, But they know that to get rewarded, and significantly rewarded, not only do they have to perform their own, you know, gear in the machine but that the whole machine has to be effective. So I, I think it's a, the structure is one that tends to foster uh, collaborative right. success rather than individual uh, focus.
1: That's a nice blend of the uh, corporate level system plus the individual right. accountability. So yeah, wonderful system. What questions does our audience have for John this evening? Yes. Your um, growth rally sounds like you've been in a Ferrari and you're way out in front and maybe the closest car
0: behind you might be a Toyota with issues. You know? I hope <laughs> not. <laughs> How do you just keep from
1: getting complacent? And just sort of like back and say, you know, I'm on this nice drive and everything's going great right and we're, you know, we're kicking
0: it. How do you keep from just sort of uh, maintain that position? Well, that's actually one of the, one of the challenges we're about to face in that since you know for the last 10 years we've been the little guy getting bigger um, as the big guys have either gotten smaller and disappeared or stayed steady and so you know we've been number five and then number four and then number three and then number two and we've been number two for for a long time now and From an ease of objective setting and an ease of uh, motivation, number two is probably the best place to be. We're about last quarter, you know, we got within half a million units of our largest competitor, who's the leader. Um, And that's gonna be a tough place to be when we pass him out, because he's currently focused on maintaining market share and improving profitability whereas we're focused on profitable growth. And so that's my biggest current challenge is to work out how to you know, stop folks driving with their eyes glued to the rear view mirror once we're in front and continue to keep looking out the windshield at what the opportunity set is ahead of us uh, instead of getting fixated on trying to keep, keep a gap to the guy in the mirror.
1: Other questions. Yes, Matt. You know, I,
0: I sat through this thinking
2: and uh, maybe I'm not a smart consumer, but I think I'm right on the reality I can't think of the name with the exception of I think we have uh max store, or I, I guess that's competitor, but I don't think we are. Uh, but I really couldn't come up with a competitor, to be honest with you. And so I remember uh, just last week was weird because I walked by <laughs> <Yes. laughs> <laughs> some I walked by some like guys I had heard a software company bunch of W D hard drives out and that's uh, so I to ask them what they were doing they were backing up servers. I guess they go through like a regular process of backing up servers on these hard drives and um, they buy them for like sixty nine bucks now for a five hundred meg you know hard drive. And 500 500. gigabyte, uh, pardon, sorry yeah, that's right, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know then I'll put one of my
0: Pretty much, we, you know, I mentioned the 40% aerial density increase, which is we can put 40% more on a disk each year. So in two years, that means we double the capacity of a disk. And typically, each year we sell a single disk hard drive for the same price, even though it's 40% bigger in capacity each year. Right? We try to sell it for the same price. We actually, it does tend to drift down a little bit. So we're giving our customers a 40 percent increase in value every year and we've been doing it for 50 years as an industry and that's how that's because it's you know it's extremely technically challenging um, but it delivers great value and one of the benefits of that is there are a few competing technologies that keep us awake at night because we drive the core of our own technology so aggressively.
2: Yeah, I and mean, just some feedback to you know, do this all the time, but I guess from my perspective, uh, it's QPR. You know, in our company, it's I don't really care how much money you spend, uh, but I want to get the quality of the price to kind of balance at some case. I hear, you know, that's why our guys our records.
0: Yeah, I I mean we we focus on quality um, for two reasons. You know High quality is low cost. High focus on design for high quality results in designs that yield very well and flow through the factory very well and on a one time flow and end up in the field and stay in the field. So, uh, for the past five years, we've had the lowest warranty expense in the industry, roughly half of our nearest competitor, and that's from a, a focus on quality as an enabler to low cost, right? Again, we're not altruists. We don't do it because it's a nice to have, right? It's because it's a necessary to have, to, to have low cost on the one hand and, and repeat customers on the other hand.
1: Yes, Jeff.
2: And you talked about the earlier part of your career, and you talked about making a leap from a new advanced. Very technical teams to all of a sudden taking on all the other areas. That seems like a, a massive leap, no matter when in your career it occurs. So I was just wondering how you dove in on the sales and marketing and business development at that point, and then how today. How do you kind of what method or what tools do you use to keep an eye on all these other areas that are still um, probably not your core, uh, but you know, equally important to the business.
0: One of the tricks is that you get good people. Who have technical competence in in all of the functions, right? And know just enough about it to be able to call them out when they need calling out, right? Um, so my folks would probably say I know just enough to be dangerous and not enough to be helpful, but. Uh, <laughs>
1: Yes, back here, and then we'll come back over here. Go ahead.
0: Come back to the cost leadership thing and something I'm struggling on a daily basis. And what really you view of, what next on the cost
2: leadership?
1: Everybody's in China already, everybody has a low load, of cost, but you mentioned quality associated with that.
0: Really? I think the two things, you know, well, cost starts by design. So cost leadership starts with Cost being a fundamental deliverable from your engineering team as well as functionality right um, and i mean we've we've done very well in in building in that expectation in in our engineering uh, activities over the years, so we spend um, on our opex number, which is engineering plus sales plus G&A. Um, we spend 8% of revenue. Our nearest competitor spends over 12% of revenue. We have an essentially equivalent rate of launching new products. We're bringing our new products to market faster. Um, so we're efficient from an engineering perspective. Um, We've developed that by focusing on, on product families and core technologies that are leveraged from each other. So, one fundamental technology design can be applied across multiple products. And then, by designing with cost and quality in mind, you enable lower cost manufacturing because you make the stuff go, it's designed for single pass manufacturing. Um, and, of course, you put, I spoke about variable compensation that was focused on results and you tie that, the individual element of that is tied to success on these metrics and, and so you incentivize people to, to deliver the broad spectrum solution that you're looking for, you know, technical performance allied to low cost. Um, it's very easy for an engineer to design a high cost solution to the technical challenge. Yes, Not right. so easy to consistently produce low cost solutions to very high technology challenges.
1: Question yes, here, and then we'll go back here, and then we'll probably have to close. You
2: focus, focus quite a bit here on the manufacturing costs and, of course, distribution costs, and direct costs <coughs> associated with your products. Uh, what do you do in the area of infrastructure and overhead focusing on those costs?
0: We, you know, we try to under provision and over achieve. Um, so, so we have. I mean, we've we've developed a pretty firm model of what we think the spending needs to be as a percentage of revenue in any particular area of the business, and we manage uh, that spending very tightly. So our, you know, our eight percent. Our range our stated range is actually nine to ten percent of revenue in in opex we 've just been growing so fast for the last nine months that i haven 't been able to spend that much money right, um, in those categories but, but we will settle out somewhere around the nine percent when growth rates back off a little bit. Um, But within that, then there's allocations to sales, there's allocations to G&A, there's allocations to R&D, and within R&D, there's allocations to each separate strand of activity. Same thing in our cost of goods roll-up. In the factories, there's fairly rigid um, understanding of what percentage of the budget goes to each activity, broadly, and um, you know we we. Challenge all of our people to live within those budgets and deliver the outsized results. And when they achieve it, they get to share in the in the benefits. Right? We distribute in in the variable comp system, you know, the, the payment by result thing distributes about twelve percent of the company's profits. Specifically,
2: I apologize for the following up, but you focus on things like shared services organizations or email mm-hmm. sourcing. Are
0: part of Oh yeah, I mean, we look at we look at criticality to function, and and certain things we keep inside. Our manufacturing is internal, um, because we believe we're at a scale that is that having direct ownership and operation of that manufacturing, where every person is focused on the well-being of WD. Um, and we're at a scale that makes it feasible and practical. And that's the best solution. Um, you know, many people are using the third-party manufacturing model today in, in many high-tech and electronics industries, medium-tech electronic industries. And uh, you know, I think if you're of, of significant size, that's a highly dubious model. Because the folks who are doing all that work for you They're not really focused on your well-being. They're focused on theirs. So when fine decisions need to be made, they take a look at their badge. It says Flextronics. That's who they're going to make the decision for.
1: One more question right back here. I want to
0: first
2: thank you for sharing your experience with us. Um, I have a question about what are your thoughts about cloud computing in regards to more businesses relying on more uh, on the cloud compared to relying on traditional PC, hardware, et cetera. Are you guys uh, kind of strategizing
0: on position yourself to capitalize on our cloud market? Sure. We, we, um, you know, we're in the cloud, right? The cloud is run on our products. So um, th- that's the great thing about digital content. And it, it's stored at, at both ends of the pipe and uh, multiple times. You know, that the... the even outside America, people have three-car garages and three cars in the driveway and no cars in the garages because they're full of other stuff, right? And so we love those habits. Um, in theory, the cloud is meant to deduplicate all of that and make only one copy of everything never, will never happen. There's multiple copies in the cloud and multiple copies at home and multiple copies in the office. And we love it all and uh, and where our vision is taking us somebody mentioned the WD branded uh, products that you see in Best Buy and, and places like that we're, we're developing solutions to create personal clouds in the home and in the office that are are more personal than this remote amorphous cloud that you're a little concerned about security and privacy and so on um, enabling all of the devices that create, consume, manage, and, and process content in your, initially in your home and then in your family circle and, and your friends circle, that you actually have full control over the storage of all of that content in your own private cloud. And our job is to make that as easy as it sounds. And once we accomplish that, we've got unlimited opportunity.
1: So, John, just to close, because we need to be respectful of everyone's time and your time this evening. Uh, you're clearly very passionate about what you do, and that's one of the values in your happy, uh values statement. But as you kind of look to the future, and you've talked a little bit about this. What's the kind of the one thing you're most excited about that you have to look forward to at Western Digital uh, that you... I don't know if it's something about what's going on in the culture, or a new product, or you know, what is it that you are just really fired up about that you see coming down the line in the next few years? I
0: mean, The most satisfying thing is seeing the, the development of the people and, and seeing people who, having been with the company a long time, you know, seeing people that you hired straight out of college 20 years ago, or, or 10 years ago, or even five years ago, you know, doing all sorts of outstanding work, um, it's just amazing to see you know, when you get to be the CEO of a 55,000 person company, not that I know them all personally, but I know several thousands of them, and, and to see that rate of development and competence grow across the organization. Um, that's probably the most satisfying piece. Um, and then looking at the, where the world is going in terms of the creation and consumption of content, that just continues to offer us opportunities as long as we can continue to execute and, and stay out of our own way, um, just a, an unlimited opportunity to continue to offer those people career growth and, and, and opportunities to be the best they can be. And That's, that's what does it for me
1: wonderful well, thank you so much for your time and we well this will be video this has been videotaped uh, and stored i'm sure on a western digital drive somewhere <laughs> um and uh, it will be available uh, through our website on iTunes, University Pepperdine's iTunes. We also did a podcast earlier that was an audio discussion, so that will be available. And John will be available with for pictures and videos later that you can take home and save. Uh, but no, we're glad you were here. We appreciate you taking the time to be here. Hope this has been a valuable and interesting evening for you. We hope to see you again soon at one of our events uh, coming up in the weeks and months ahead. So thank you, John, so much for being here.